Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. Hey, and let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh my God, yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. Let's get ready to rumble! Welcome to our show, Queer Nundrum. I am your host, Holly Greystone. And I am your other fabulous host, Gary M. Thorin Jr. Welcome to the show, Gary. It's good to hear you. It's good to hear you, too. So before we get into today's show, Holly, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you've been going on in your life this last week? Absolutely. So. It seems like it's and been forever since we've talked. It really hasn't been that long. <laughs> it hasn't, but it does feel like that. And we do have a fabulous show lined up. I'm really excited to get into it. Like almost so excited. I just want to skip right into it. But at the same time, I, I wanted to share something with, with everybody, including you, Gary. Um, okay. Woo-hoo. Woo. I, I've had a lot happen in the last couple of days. I, I, I know other people do too, but I, I had a personal growth that I wanted to share. Uh, but before I do that, I need to set the scene. Uh, this is uh, something that happened at work. I work in a, a historical building. And as part of that, things are old and break down and you have to repair them. And we had to let somebody go. And I was promoted to a position uh, overseeing basically the, the care for the entire building, including a 1953 steam boiler that shut down in the middle of winter. We're single digits. The boiler went down. We have about 300 kids in our building and we spent the whole team spent 14 plus hours trying to get this thing back up and running. And we just couldn't, we couldn't get the resources and supplies on site fast enough. And so school was going to open the next morning and we're just going to figure it out. And we did, we were such a well-oiled machine. At least it, it felt like that to me. Um, and after talking with the team afterwards, when we did a debrief, it, it, everyone felt that camaraderie and support for each other. Half the team went and took care of getting our uh, kids into rooms that had a, a furnace already in there. So there was heat and giving them a place to play. So they had playground and art time and the YMCA. And so they're all doing their thing. And I'm running around with these specialists there. They are artists and what they do. Uh, working on these older machines, it's a very specific skill set. And I'm walking around and I'm, I'm learning at the same time as I'm offering help. And through the experience, the guys, they're like 80 years old, you know, somewhere between six, you know, 65 and 80. And they stop at the end of a, a long day. We got the boiler up and running. And all of our customers, the kids, the teachers are very grateful how well we all communicated and came together to help. But these guys had stopped and they're like, you know, it sucks that you guys had to let somebody go, but clearly they made the right choice keeping you and promoting you to this position because you are going to get things done. You've already taken care of it. You're great at communicating. You're directing and leading these people. And I feel confident in teaching you how to take care of this steam boiler and know that it will be, that it will actually get done. And that was what led to the boiler going down is we had trained somebody to do it. And we thought it was being done. We were getting reports that it was getting done. And it turns out they hadn't done anything in two years. And 
I, yeah, it's really bad. <laughs> and I, and I only discovered it because I saw a phone call. So we collected the phone from the, this previous employee. And I saw that a phone call had taken place the day before with a chemical company that supplies chemical for the boiler to work. And I called them up. Cause I was just like, I'm, I'm now in this position of taking care of the building. I should make, I should make an effort to connect with these vendors, introduce myself, ask questions, learn at the same time and, and build those relationships. And so I call and I'm having this conversation and it turns out we hadn't ordered supplies in two years and we should have had been, we should be on our third order now. And I'm like, wait, hold on. We haven't ordered in two years. They're like, yeah, you should have at least ran out of two drums by now. And you should have another, you should be ordering your third drum. And I just wanted to make sure you guys are good. And I was like, Jesus, what do you wait? Huh? And that's when I found out we hadn't been running chemical. The elect, we had some bad electrical that wasn't actually taken care of. It was written up that it was. And it arced out and took out a motor, which we have seven different safeties. So it shut the boiler down, which is great. Uh, we tried to bypass. We didn't know we were bypassing, but we were trying to get the boiler back up and running. We bypassed that safety, tripped the third safety, blew out a panel. And then we realized there was a problem that we weren't able to see because it was in the basement because we didn't know there was stuff in the basement of this boiler. And so it was a lot of things that we were learning and we were able to implement the safety things that the maintenance side of, the, of our organization had already started putting together and perfect timing. Like just, I've only been doing this particular job for 11 days and it was just perfect timing that we had the right people in the right place. And it was just this beautiful concert of, of things working together and feeling the praises of, of the skills that I've accumulated over time. And I got home and I'm feeling good. And the next day I, everything was perfect. I mean, it was just another beautiful day. And a couple of people made some passing comments that I took more negatively than I needed to. And I think it's because of imposter syndrome, which is my point I'm getting to here. I am a leader. I know that I'm a leader. I know that I can get stuff done. I have a lot of background in a very, very wide range of things. And people have been making comments. It's like, is there, are there things that you just like, what do you, what haven't you done? Like, you know, a lot, you're so smart. Like, how do you know all this stuff? And they start questioning and, you know, and they're doing it just because they're excited because they saw the results of, of the last couple of days. And I took it as like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough. Or maybe I need to stop doing things because it's raising these expectations that I don't know I can keep up. And yet at the same time I can, and I have, and then I had to realize, I, I had this realization, this question, do men feel that way? when they're just handed leadership roles, when they haven't earned it, or maybe they have earned it. I don't know. I'm curious. Like I, I feel like as a woman, I struggle with that, but as a lesbian woman, I feel like that struggles more. And I, I wonder how much of that I put on myself because of what I see in society betrayed in social media, portrayed in media in general. And I wonder how much I'm taking from all that. And so I've been processing that. And I realized that I am good enough. I am doing enough. And yes, God damn it. I am smart and I do get shit done. That is, that is those are every element of who I am as a person. And I have to constantly remind myself that and not let that imposter syndrome kind of ski, you know, seep in and, and cause me to doubt who I am as a person, because I have shit to do and I need to take care of people and I want to take care of people. And it brings me joy to do that. So I wanted to share that with you. I, I appreciate you creating that space, <laughs> Gary, for me to, to share that with you. Um, it's been a wonderful week of, of problem solving and create, de 
just working on some creative projects, for example, or doing Stop Kiss, which is a um, a play. I don't you familiar with that play, Gary? Actually, I am not. Oh, okay. So it's a uh, we're doing it's a small production, and at least we're going to do it as a small production. But Stop Kiss is a play written by an American playwright called Di- uh, Diana Son, S O N, and basically it is um, the the two main characters are women. They fall in love and they share a kiss. And when they do that, there's a, a bystander who witnesses this kiss and proceeds to beat the living daylights out of them and ho- ends up hospitalizing one of the main characters. And it's a kind of a Quentin Tarantino style where it starts with what, like, it works backwards. So you get into this brutal attack really early. And then it's a process of a debt going through. The different types of relationships and how society handles um, gay beating or gay bashing or whatever the terminology is, and the, all of it centers around this. It, it goes back and forth from that to these girls uh, falling in love and not realizing that that's a thing that they that's there, and then realizing that that is a place that they can explore together. And when they finally do, something terrible happens, but then it it's a beautiful finish to the story and this love that blossoms as a result of it. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a production that my wife and I are, um, have the opportunity to be directors. And so that will go up in, in March. So we're really excited to start casting. We're hoping that we uh, get a diverse cast It is uh, written in, in the play that is a diversity um, driven cast. So we'll see. How we're many hoping... people are in, are in there? Um, there's Five, six. Okay. Six. Uh, two main and then two supporting and then just two uh, kind of background characters like a doctor okay. and a police officer. So um, I don't know. I'm really excited about it. It's it's a emotional piece. It's going to be that's very cool. emotional. So I'll be talking about that more as we go through it more and more. But so that's enough about me, Gary. How are you doing? How's Texas? Uh, actually, everything's going really well. It's kind of funny that you what you talked about your self discovery. More that I I keep finding out. I work. I do work in a great place, so it's not anything bad. But um, I'm finding out that I'm kind of playing catch up with the the former manager, who uh, we switched over to the company that I work for, and. I very much more and more am getting the impression that she did not like the switchover because she was part of the old place. And I keep finding out things that aren't, that haven't been done correctly. And um, I just had a wonderful uh, conversation with a person who's in charge of the menus on Friday. So, and we went over all this stuff, which I had not been shown even by the person who was theoretically training me. And it's just like, I was like going, huh, how interesting. This is, I go, this is stuff I had no clue about doing any of this. And I started questioning things because I've been part of, um, since I've been there almost every week, I've been part of a meeting that happens, um, like everything nowadays, over Zoom. And they kept talking about things that I really wasn't getting. I thought, well, okay, I will get it. It's going to happen. You know, everything started clicking. And I finally go, it clicked enough going, no, I'm just not getting this because what's going on here is completely wrong. <laughs> so I set up a, I reached out to the person in charge of it and set up a, a one-on-one with them 
which was a huge thing for me because I, I have issues for those of you who know me won't be surprised by this, um, admitting when I need help. And um, so I was very proud of myself that yeah. I, I took that step and, and got a hold of this wonderful lady and said, I, I think things are going very south where I'm working. I need your help. And we had a wonderful, almost hour-long conversation that was never once, oh, my God, what the fuck are you doing there? <laughs> it was, okay, so you've never heard of this program. No. Okay, let's get that up and running for you. And it was just, so it was a really great, it was a really great time. And um, I got out of that meeting thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm finally understanding this job, you know, where it's, mm -hmm. I've been enjoying it, but then now I'm sort of like, okay that finally makes sense so um and i know that from uh i, I always like to say a, i'm a gay white cis male that um i just so you know i always have that imposter feeling holly okay. everything i ever do i don't think i deserve it so um and I, I don't i think that's I, just, I don't know why we do that to ourselves yeah. so i yeah i don't i don't know either but I think it's just something that's driven into us from the culture we have grown up in is part of it Possibly. that um, where it's wrong to be prideful of things you do. So I think that might be part of it. I think it is worse for women. I think it is worse for, then we get into like women of color. I think I, uh, right? our friend Shar on Facebook posted a thing from the Boston Globe about women and lawyers um you should you should look at that holly it's a really great article yeah well um that i was very impressed with that um and i when i when i read it i was the first person to like it and it had been posted like it had already been up for over 24 hours to the women's showing a day so i'd really look for that one and, and read it i was very impressed with it um but yeah i, I do um i i do know that like from when i first started at this particular job and most jobs I've had, it's automatically assumed that I am the boss. So I do have that. I know that I, I do know sadly that most women don't, most women of whoever, color, whatever, do not have that assumption made. Usually no, when I start I, a job. This I, is the first time I did not have to tell these these particular individuals, these men that I was working with, they, and they they were very much of uh, the generation of my wife is at home and I take care of her and I make the money yeah. kind of attitude about things. And and so I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but I just I leaned into it. It's like I have to get this building up and running. I can't deal with this, yeah. this construct stuff that you guys are going to struggle with. And they didn't. They took. They were like, "Oh yeah, you're in charge. Or we're not going to go anywhere until you tell us we can go into those spaces. And can you get me this? Can we do this?" And and it was it was not charged as much as I thought it would be. And we worked really well together. And I I don't know. It's just it was a very interesting experience. There has been many many times that I have to emphasize to to people that I am the one who's running this. I am the one you're going to report to. And they're like, wow, I want to talk to the boss. I'm like, okay, well, here she is. And then I introduced my boss and she's like, yeah, no, she's in charge. And they're like, well, who's in charge of you? She's like me. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. no, it's, and I get that all the time where because of the profession I'm in, mm -hmm. there's a lot of, which is a nice thing. There are a lot of women in, in my profession. 
Mm-hmm. And I have had more than once a, a woman boss, and especially as I've as I went up and I've been uh, like the associate manager and stuff like that, but I still have women bosses. And so all of a sudden, um, I would be in these situations where there'd be some salesman coming in and talking to us or talk or a maintenance person or something, and they would inevitably turn to me. And I would have to go, well, that's great. You're telling me this, but she's the person in charge. You have to talk to her. Right. And so it's, it's a, um, and I, I almost every time I've had whoever my boss at the moment after the situation thanked me for doing that, that yes. there aren't too many men that would do that. And that's very and sad. I have been very grateful that the men on our team have done just that they're, they have like, well, Oh, you'd well, I'm not beat the shit out of them. If you didn't do if they didn't do <laughs> no, that. No, no, no. Yeah, but, you would. Yeah. But, that, go, but that's well, the fuck I'm you tell them I was in charge. Yeah, <laughs> you know. No, they've been really good. And it, and, <laughs> and, I really appreciate when men in general do that for, for their fellow human beings is like, Oh, well, I'm actually not the one in charge. You're going to talk to that person over there and yeah. support that individual because there is that tendency that of that discrimination to take place. And we can support each other by redirecting like we do. And, and that's cool that you do that. Good job. I high five you. Well, it's really weird now that I'm in my position, all of a sudden I am the head of my department, which is the first for me. And all of a sudden where I'm truly am the one in charge. And so it's been a weird, now that's, that's been a real imposter, imposter situation for me where, sure. holy fuck, I am right. the final say, you know, we all have bosses above us no matter what, but in that moment it is, I am, it is me, you know, you that nobody final else. <laughs> and so it's, it's very, scary, it's, isn't it? it it's, it's scary when you have like you have all this decisions that you have to make and you know it's not going to just impact the five people in your immediate team. It's going to impact your entire customer base. It's like, oof, is that the decision I want to make? Yeah. yeah. Is. So no, it's, so it's been it's been very interesting. I have found I this it's been a really good learning experience for me because I'm finding much more I'm willing to say now, God, I don't know that answer, you know, and turning to the people on my crew going, okay, who knows that answer? Okay, cool. You know, great. Oh, nobody knows it. Okay. I need to talk to some before I freely make that call. Right. <laughs> it's been because I, I don't have that safety net anymore, so, but it's been good. It's made me have to open up more, which I, I really appreciate. And it's been hard. I, I'm not, like I said, I'm not that person who likes to ask for help, but I'm finding out now in my position where I am the one in charge, I need have to. help, you know? Yeah. So it's like, but, well, and you and give people so, around you the opportunity to shine as well. Yeah. And there's things that well, I yeah. know that I, but I will ask my team, especially if it's not like a time sensitive thing, but I'll ask people, like, I know how to drywall, but I'll ask, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so how would you approach this project? And they, they share their ideas and their plans. And then sometimes I learn something and sometimes I get to add value to that. But you empower them to give that opportunity. You give them that opportunity and empower them when they when you ask those questions. So you're doing good. And, then, and I know we need to start getting on to yeah, our actual yeah, thing. We got to get the into the show. <laughs> I do want to say one more thing. And I do mm-hmm. this next week because of what I learned, I do have to, and it's going to hurt the person who I has been doing it. I've got to take away the order from a person who has been doing the order wrong just so that I can get it correct. And then once it gets correct, I will be take, I'll, I'll let them do that again. But 
and I'm just not it. looking forward to that conversation on Monday, but it's going to have to happen. And I feel bad for them. I have to explain to them it's not their fault, but I need to get it in order first, and then they can take it over again. <laughs> <laughs> not looking forward to that conversation. Mm, so, but. I, I'm sure it's going to, I'm sure you got it and it'll be fantastic, but you're right. We should jump. We should jump right into this. So what I, I know that in the wonderful, this outline I wrote, I did yeah. put in there talking about um, Netflix and yeah. I decided without um, really discussing it with my partner folks, I decided uh-huh. that what I, this is, I think what I did write down is what the fuck happened with Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to leave it there for now because I mean, it's a good time when again, not I folks, I'm sorry if Holly like hates this and we don't she may <laughs> cut it out, but we, we had a nice long discussion oh, a week ago about what we want to do moving forward with our podcast. Yeah. And one week we want to do a pop culture, which this is what that one's going to be. Um, and then do a week of talking about a queer person who is missing, who has been murdered. And if, and if the mystery is unsolved or just make sure to bring focus to that, because even in this wonderful enlightened day and age, uh, (laughs) a lot of the, a lot of the queer community, especially in particular of color and trans it's put, it's, it's covered up. So we want to make sure to bring a light to that and bring bring up that. And that'll be next week. Then the next week after that is going to be where that's going to be more my focus one. Then Holly gets to have a focus one where we do more of, of the headlines of the month kind of thing mm-hmm. of the news because she loves her news. And I thought I if do. you're okay with that, Holly, that might be a better one to focus on that for the month. Oh, you're thinking for Netflix and the news? Yeah, in the news section. I gotcha. Well, I, you know what? I'm okay with that because we, we did spend the top of our show kind of talking about imposter syndrome and personal growth and development. And I think that's yeah. important to create space for that. I'm fine moving the Netflix to our news brief in a couple of weeks. Uh, for those who are listening, go ahead and Google it. You'll find some really good information about what Netflix has done for LGBT representation, uh, but also just kind of why they're in hot water right now. And we'll, we'll, We'll wrap around. We'll touch bases on that. And so we'll go ahead and just jump right into our favorite topic of all time, Star Trek. Which I like to call Queer <laughs> Trek, whatever you want to call it. Queer I Trek. like to call it Queer Trek. <laughs> <laughs> that will be our next podcast. We'll just make it a queer Star Trek everything all the time. It'll be fantastic. We'll, we'll really probably only get like 20 it. episodes and then we'll have to find a new topic. <laughs> nah, I think I think we could go for I think we could go easily five years of it. I, I don't oh think really? Oh, oh yeah, wow. easily. We'll go in depth. I mean, if nothing else, <laughs> we have an entire episode off the the color schemes from the original Star Star Trek. I mean, one episode oh, would take care of colors. True. You know, so that's I mean, true. I think we could. <laughs> All right, all right. Let's get into it. I'm I'm so, gonna just jump right into Prodigy. No. Yeah, because I can't wait to hear. I, I want to know too, folks, that I really I've watched a couple episodes of Prodigy. I think it looks really fun. I just haven't watched it, okay, and I, I want to now wait you. until after Holly tells me why I should watch it and how it connects with the queerness of, of where we're going for. So go okay. forward, Holly. Thank you. So for those who don't know, uh, Star Trek Prodigy is an animated television series, and it's something you'll find on Paramount Plus. So if you don't have Paramount Plus, unfortunately, you're not going to find it at Nickelodeon. Paramount Plus, because that's where all Star Trek is. That's all the Star Trek stuff are there. Uh, so it's a new it's a new show. It, it dropped in 2021, 
and it has my favorite Kate McGrew as a, as a Janeway uh, hologram. And for those of you who may not know, Kate McGrew has been a huge voice and advocate for LGBTQ and women's rights. And uh, she actually talks about it a lot in the 2000, I think it was like 2002, she was interviewed and she talked about how she talked about the sexuality basically in Star Trek. And she mentioned in an interview out in America, she says that Hollywood in general uh, has a tendency to be more open-minded to a certain point, but then they stop when they get to gay, like the gay community and Rick Berman um, was, yeah, it was a very boo. And they, they had a confrontation about it because he would always back away from that. He would not really let those, those relationships fully develop. And Kate's McGrew's perspective is, is that both political and potentially so both political and gender identity and sexuality uh, are things that Star Trek is known for exploring and developing and showing that in a positive way and giving representation to black Asian or women and, and providing opportunity for leading, leading roles. And when she was auditioning for uh, Captain Janeway, it was still up until they started filming. It was still a question of whether or not they were going to have a female captain and she delivered. She wasn't their first pick. I don't even think she was their, the second pick. I think she ended up being the third pick and she nailed it. That first like couple episodes, she really nailed it. And now she is Captain Janeway. Like I for, personally, I just love her. She's a phenomenal human being. So here she is now in 2021, a, a huge supporter, again, of Star Trek, again, of diversity. And we have this cartoon that talks that's really targeting kids it's really more kid-centered so it's different from uh lower decks which is adult cartoon and it shows it's funny it is funny thank you it took me a minute to get into it but now it's it's good um but it talks it has non-binary they have they have a character who's non-binary the medusian which is which ties into the original series the medusian is a race of people that have a non-corporeal form their their uh psionic capabilities and here's this character uh, one of the main characters uh, right off the bat first episode talks about their gender uh which was a was it was just a casual conversation it was they're not a he they or she they're they and it just carried on into the rest of the conversation that they were having in that episode. And it was, it was, it was like, yes, thank you. You just made an assumption rather than ask. And they were able to, to work through that. Uh, they have this other character who's this large giant rock uh, person who grunts. It's this loud, deep, guttural speech. And they don't have a universal translator. They're all enslaved. There's no universal translator. So nobody is communicating with each other. They're all just focused on their differences because they speak a different language. But when the universal translator turns on and you have to watch the show and figure out why that happens, when the universal transport uh, translator turns on all of a sudden there's, there's a community, a diverse community where shared ideas and culture are, are taking place. And this character, this giant rock person, everyone just figured was going to be like this deep bass of a voice is actually a cute little girl voice. And when she when she op- when she first starts speaking, the entire 
main characters there or were shocked and they're like, oh, okay. Anyway, and then it's going to continue on. And it's, it's about acceptance of who you are. It's about expressing who you are and finding identity. And it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun little cartoon. I adore it. And I encourage you to try watching it, Gary. I was waiting for more. That was all. <laughs> I, turned, I turned off my mic because I was like, I, I was getting a bunch of background noise from around me. So I thought I, I didn't oh, want no. to interfere with what you no, it's, um, it's just good. It's very affirming of other gender nonconforming uh, individuals. And it's, I just, I feel like, I feel like it really captures and continues to capture Star Trek's essence of just diversity in general and in kind of leading into what we'll get into when we talk about uh discovery there are no humans on the bridge they're all different species uh that are represented on the bridge and then on top of that different gender identities as well so i thought that was pretty interesting i do Unless know that Jay from the, human, from the a, twitter verse that yeah. um it's a huge one um, in this in, in Trek Twitter for uh, the um, the people who have kids. Uh, it's they've been finding it's a wonderful way to introduce their kids to Star Trek, and that that's how a lot of them started watching it at first. Was because well, this would be a good way to introduce my kids to it, and then they're finding how much they're enjoying it also. So, mm -hmm. but they're and they're. Um, they've they're really enjoying it and they said that it's been become like a family thing where they originally were like having like their six and seven year olds watching it and all of a sudden like their teenagers were coming in and watching it with them because how much they were enjoying it so um that's been really cool to hear and i've been wanting to watch it but then once we started talking about this i wanted to wait until i got your your take on it before i didn't i didn't want to i didn't want to get in the middle of it because i know that sometimes i can be opinionated just a little bit so. <laughs> Well, I think they're doing a great job and it is a focus of the writers too. They're focused very carefully on the stories and how they're presenting uh, diversity in that. And I appreciate the attention to it. So anyway. Well, I also like, it seems to be very well. Um, I watched a little bit of the first episode just because, and I love how uh, the graphics are gorgeous. I think for yeah. a kid's show, I mean, theoretically quote unquote a kid's show, the graphics are amazing. Yeah, they are. There's a lot of things you can do in graphics that are, uh, I feel like capture some essence of Star Trek better than CG. There's just that flexibility in the in the artistry and that type of form than I than I think we can do in CG. So, so I like it. I'm I keep guessing you're trying to push us and talking about discovery, which is good. Um, I I do want to say that it's just funny this morning. I was just, I, in the end, my, my, even though my, my personal favorite Star Trek will probably always be Deep Space Nine, my comfort food Star Trek is Next Generation, if that makes sense, the difference. But, and so I had Next Generation on the background as I was getting my notes together for this podcast. And it was weird watching one of my favorite episodes on this series um, about when they take on a, a person who you realize is transforming into a new race. That is, he's the first person in his race to be transforming into a new uh, person, basically. 
and it's one of my favorite episodes. It's still a really good episode, but the graphics when he changes into the into the new race, you go, oh my god, this is definitely late '80s, early '90s because <laughs> it was so bad. I remember the time just being um, astounded by it. Now it's like, oh my god, it's almost embarrassing seeing this part of it now. So I, I well, even the sound recordings are different. In in Prodigy, they actually take sound bites from all the all the generations of star trek uh, especially for spock every single generational time frame that that was recorded and you can hear i mean you we have the we have technology you can clean up our audio but there are some audio that there is no you you that is it you can't do anything else to it the way it was recorded is the way it's recorded and you can hear yeah. that quality in this in this in prodigy episode i think it's episode six or seven um, and it was, it was funny to hear that just as you're saying, I'm like, wow, that was eighties. Oh, that was the seventies. And yeah, it was, it's very interesting how far our technology has come in, in, in all the Hollywood. Oh, it makes you wonder what's going to happen like in 30 more years where it's Gosh, five. So, yeah. I, well, true. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so then anyway, where we went with this one then is we each picked a Star Trek to talk about um, with the, of the newer Star Treks with more diversity. And so I went with Star Trek Discovery, which we have talked about before mm-hmm. on this podcast. But the last time we talked about it, they've added more characters. But I'm going to give a brief synopsis of Star Trek. Uh, not, and not a lot, but it's just that um, Star Trek Discovery premiered in 2017. It takes place 10 years before the mothership Star Trek, forever known as Star Trek, the original series, was set. Um, Discovery, that's all I'm going to get into more on that part, but Discovery has several firsts for a universe that's been around for over 55 years, and it's kind of shocking. It's the first series to never have a white male captain and it's the first series has an entire bridge crew to be encompassed by women and people of color. Not a single white male is part of the bridge crew. But for our podcast, we were talking specifically about the queer sector. The first groundbreaking part of this series was they, they had a queer couple who were and are still married on the show. This was a known from the first episode. They're played by Wilson Cruz, probably best known before this from the 1990s series, My So-Called Life, where he played the openly gay character Ricky Vasquez, <laughs> another groundbreaking series, and Anthony Rapp, who is best known for originating the role of Mark Cohen in the, here we go again, groundbreaking play Rent. Mm-hmm. And again, this is known from the very first episode that they are a married couple. Not that they're a married gay couple, they are a married couple. Um, Anthony Rapp, really, this is his first thing he's done that's been big in screens. He's got a huge, you should look at um, his web, uh, his not webpage, Wikipedia to see all the Broadway he's done. He's got a huge stage career. Um, And also, I don't know if you know this or not, Holly, but Mm -hmm. Anthony Rapp is a He's a D&D master. He's in charge of, they have a D&D that they do with the cast and crew. What? Yeah. And so. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I love him even more. I mean, I loved him before, but now I'm going to do a deep dive on Anthony. Yeah. So I thought you'd, I thought you'd appreciate that. Um, 
I, I have done D&D in the past, but it's been years. And I know at some point we keep kind of talking about Dean and I getting involved with one of your, with one of your D&D adventures. And it'll happen if we just stop moving <laughs> around long enough to settle into place. But um, so the couple is Paul Stamets and Hugh Kubler, a married couple who, like I said, happen to be queer. Um, I also like to at this point say that Anthony Rapp's character, Paul, in Star Trek Discovery is based on the top mycologist in the world, Paul Stamets. The real Paul Stamets has been seen on TED oh Talk and can be found on YouTube. I love Paul. He is a phenomenal individual. If you don't know who he is, obviously you should read a little bit on him. He is amazing and is making huge discoveries that will... Oh my gosh, I could I could totally geek out. I will hold it. I'm holding it. Okay, go on. Oh, and yeah, once I get my stuff again, we can talk about that more. But he is I I I had to do a little bit of a deep dive on him just to see, and it's it's amazing. But yeah. Then the next character we have is uh Jet, and I can't remember if it's Reno or Reno. So I think it's Reno. Reno. Jet Reno. It's, it's Reno? Reno. Yeah. Okay, Jet Reno, who is a ship's engineer played by Tig Notaro. Tignataro is probably best known for her stand-up act where she talks about her struggles with breast cancer. And folks, let me tell you, it is hilarious, heartwarming. You cry, you laugh, watch it. I, you know, it, it, you, you should watch that stand-up routine. Um, it was, she won a Grammy for the, uh, the album that went out for it. In, in uh, Discovery, Jet has mentioned her wife and we have yet to meet her. And when uh, you look at Tignataro's, I don't think you will. I think. Well, well, I. <laughs> when you look at Tignataro's IMBD page, <laughs> it is showing Commander Jet Reno is not on the show this season. I'm hoping we haven't seen the last of her character, without revealing spoilers to people who aren't caught up. She would be able to still be a part of the series. <laughs> so that's why I said. Shh. We don't know. We we don't know, Hall. You know, so we don't know where her wife is. We we just don't know. <laughs> all right, all right. So, <laughs> I'll, I'll put a cork in it. Moving on. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want. For those of you who have not gotten Paramount Plus yet or have not watched Discovery, personally, it's becoming probably my my favorite. It might <clears throat> surpass oh, Deep Space whoa. Nine. Did we just get but, that on recording? <laughs> I, it's and a lot of this just because of the wonderful representations. But I'm really I'm enjoying where it's going. I like that it's breaking a lot of the Star Trek quote unquote traditions. I'm just really appreciating that it's saying fuck you to canon and just doing their own shit. I, I love that they're doing all this. So I'm gonna, I have, do to, I'm gonna have to play that back just one more time. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, at the moment, East Space Nine is still number one. Okay, so. Mm. Uh, and then in season three, we're introduced to Adira, who is played by Blue De Del Barrio. Barrio? Mm -hmm. non-binary is a non-binary actor who uses the pronouns they and them. Del, Bar Del Barrio was in their final year studies at the London Academy of Dramatic Music, I'm sorry, of Music and Dramatic Art when they had Addition for the role of Adira on Star Trek Discovery. This is this is their first role, um, professional role. 
So this is how, can you imagine being introduced to the world in Star Trek? I mean, the geek in me just went, oh my God. <laughs> um, but this is their first role um, in this, you know, for for the medium of television, for anything other than some student theater. So that that's amazing in and of itself. Um, first non-binary actor, um, character in in the Star Trek universe. And then also in season um, three, we're introduced to Ian Alexander, who plays the character Gray Tall and plays the first trans male character. I say that because I found information that, that he's okay with that. So that's why I'm actually putting oh. it out there. Yeah. So who plays the character Gray Tall and it's the first trans male character. Um, that'll be the last time I use that terminology from that now on. episode when Greg uh, is, gets to create their body, they get to make the changes to their body that and, and finally, finally feel like they belong to, like that body represents who they are. It was such a beautiful scene. And I just, it, I- As long as you don't say anything more about why I'm it's not, going that way for those, I, 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 I agree with you, so. <laughs> I, I want to make sure that, because I do think this is one of those times I'm really, really going to encourage people if they have not um, watched Star Trek Discovery, yeah, they, they're thinking all about getting Paramount Plus, they really should. All the Star Trek Although, is migrating there. I'm not, I'm not there. plugging that you buy it, but I'm plugging the show, just to clarify. And I just, and for me, I would say, it's one of those times I would say buy it. I'm not, I, I don't get any money from them or anything. But if you're, if you like Star Trek, this mm -hmm. is where all their stuff is migrating. It's also, they have some other really good shows on there. There's yes, a free book from Yellowstone. There's, um, a, um, I, I know so many things. I, it's actually becoming one of the, my favorite places to go. Equalizer, to watch TV. But again, it's Picard. my demographic. Oh, yeah, Picard, Lower Decks. Mm -hmm. And again, um, what was that show that we were also talking about? Um, Prodigal. Prodigy. Oh, Prodigy. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I'm going to slap you. <laughs> so, it's, uh, yeah, it has some actor i can't remember her name she's hadn't had much of a career but you know so uh you know that kate mcgrew yeah who, i can't did I ever tell you that i actually have seen her in in, yes. a, in a play okay. yes okay. and yes so. i'm still jealous and a little little upset <laughs> anyway so anyway. anyway so we go on so um and so then we have uh so um what, what is great about these two characters with Adira and Gray is they play a young queer couple and we get to watch as they deal with the pains of being in love for the first time. I really wanted to get into more on that, but again, I don't want to spoil things because, but there's some really. I say we spoil new, things. But I, 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 I don't want to for the people who haven't seen it, who need to see it. Um, they just need to see it. And there's some wonderful things that happen. And we're, we're at a mid-season cliffhanger, which leaves us wondering what's going to happen to the two of them in certain ways. And um, ah, I just, I don't feel right doing more <laughs> unless we know for sure that I, 
that people have All seen right, it. So that, everybody that's get on the, Twitter and yeah. tweet at, at Gary saying that you've seen it so that he could keep a tally. And when we get to a certain unknown number. Oh, yeah. We'll so yeah, then we'll I, don't, I don't mind, but I want to make sure that I don't want to tell people about it because I want people to experience this, I think, which is a beautifully done show. Um, it's it's like watching a mini film each week. And so I really recommend, really recommend this all show. Right, all right, fine. So right. now let's um, just have a little throwdown here. Well, I do want to go on just for a minute about this. I, I got another, so... What is so, why I'm talking about and love this show so much, it's exceptional about these characters. The queerness is one of the least interesting and least talked about aspects of their characters. It's like, oh my God, it doesn't matter who they love and fuck. They get to be wonderful, selfish, angry assholes, and they are treated like everyone else. They aren't perfect gays. They fuck up and they can make wrong decisions, but people still care for them or hate them because of who they are as a person. Again, not for who they happen to be having sex with. And I just have to say, personally, as a queer man who's in his 50s, it's been wonderful to see this happen. We, the queer community, went from being ignored to being a joke, then the killers, to being the perfect gay who could do no wrong and also do no one. We were at that point, a, you know, we were like a priest or a nun. We existed and we were good. And that was it. And we were usually kept around for a single episode to show straight people why a queer person should be accepted. And then we were never heard of again. Usually we died of AIDS or somebody killed us in a hate crime all off screen. Mm. Look at almost every show from the mid 80s through the 90s, except ironically, the Star Trek universe. <laughs> In all of its shows to this time, there have been very few feeble attempts to even represent a queer character. So I applaud Discovery for this and look forward to watching it through at least season five, which has already been renewed for. I would also like to add that it looks like Picard and Lower Decks are heading in the direction of having queer characters also. When that well, truly is Picard established, we will talk about those shows. With uh, Seven of Nine. But they really haven't. They kind of, but they haven't gone there yet. Once they officially do it, I am good with it. But they've kind of hinted at it. They've teased it. But we all know Star Trek is good at a tease. This is true. So I want to wait till they actually officially cement it. I don't care if seven, and Jerry Ryan has officially said that she thinks that, that, she, that, that seven of nine is pansexual. But the actress has said that. We haven't seen it in the writing yet. Okay, that's fair. So I just want to, the minute they finally do something with any of these characters, then I will, oh my God, I will, I, I will talk about it. We'll do a whole big queer Trek parade just for them. But until they really do that on either of those shows, I, I don't really want to promote that until we see it actually truly happen. So on that delightful note, I'm going to challenge our listeners. Deep Space Nine or Voyager? Or do the two better ones, do Deep Space Nine and Discovery? <laughs> By better, you mean Voyager and Discovery, right? Did you did you have like a seizure when you said that? I think that's what you meant. Huh. Let me huh. no. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just gonna sure. I'm gonna edit and just make sure. <laughs> 
tweet at us. I want to know which one is your favorite. I, I'm, I'm truly curious. I'm, I'm a Voyager fan all day long. I will, I will admit finally that there are a lot of positives to Deep Space Nine, although that first season was so terrible. Oh, I agree. I don't think the first season was very good, but it was still finding its footing. I know to me, second season is when that show really, truly It started. really does take off in that second season. Yeah. But to be fair, I kind of feel that way about Voyager. Uh, I don't feel Next Generation really got its right footing until season three. Um, I agree on that. Yeah. So, there's I mean, some, there's there, a lot of... And that, they were going through wider block, I think, right around that same time they were starting to drop that. No. Uh, anyway, I, yeah. that's not the show right now. <laughs> so for, for the listeners, I have to say that in my, I'm the one who usually writes what we go by for an outline, which isn't much, I'm going to say. But so I do have my line. It's, it says, there's a part where it says Gary talks about discovery. The next line that I have in here is, Holly will then tell Gary why Deep Space Nine is still the best Star Trek. And I was waiting for some reaction to that. <laughs> And I did not, I did not give it to him. I was not going to give him the reaction. <laughs> I did get it when I saw that outline come through my inbox. I, it. I did, I did smirk. I'm like, that is kind of, that was good. It was good. Except for the fact she did mention to make sure to tell everybody, let us know why you think Deep Space Nine is the best show. I, I understand that. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and, is there anything else you want to add? Talk about about Voyager and the fact that I remember being very much a big uh, uh, test person, loved her character. Uh-huh. And um, I stopped watching the show when they got rid of her and brought on Seven of Nine. I originally just, I said, no, fuck that. I love where this other character was going. I still think they could have had both characters, but. Which so character? It, in, until the last two years, three years ago, I had never seen any of the seven or nine episodes. And then I finally did, and Jerry, because I love Jerry Ryan and other stuff, so I thought, okay, I have to watch this. And she did an amazing job. Um, but I will say throughout the Star Trek universe, they seem to only be able to have a certain amount of women. They can have 20,000 men in an episode, but they only can seem to have like two women. Um, I would have loved to see Next Generation have both Pulaski and Crusher on the show. I think they could have done that. You know, I don't oh, think yeah. they would have been, I, they, they could have had, I would love to see. I didn't like Pulaski as much though. Eventually I did, but initially. Oh, and I like Crusher better, but I loved, I love the fact that there was a female character who was kind of brittle, who was, you know, who could rub you the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, you don't get that, especially in the Star Trek universe. The women are usually there. I'm God. I'm sorry to say this. Until recently, most of the women on there are around to be fuckable. I don't know how else to put it. You know, that's their, and um, that was a huge change with 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 Janeway um, in that series. But really, until that point, mm-hmm. if you look at it, the female character almost always had just soft storylines. Dax wasn't. It was a. There were. Change happened with Das, which was nice. Um, you know, but even you, like you, you say about that they have women around because they're fuckable. But then I think about Riker. I mean, what didn't he fuck that wasn't nailed down? Oh yeah, you well, know I what mean, I mean. That's just it. And that's and what, the again, same thing we with talked about Enterprise. That yeah, it always gets on my nerves that that Kirk. My God, I'm sure right? he impregnated several planets. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's a lot of that. So I think it's true for both. But they couldn't have one one time in, and I'm not talking in the original Star Trek, I get it, but there couldn't have been one time in Next Generation Voyager that one of the characters was queer. You know, at least even on Deep Space Nine, I think one of the reasons I love Deep Space Nine is that that Dax would say how beautiful a woman was. Even besides that one wonderful The Kiss episode, you would see her say, oh, that's a beautiful woman. You know, you'd see that happen. At least there was that. Um, Anyway, boy, we're real. I'm sorry. You sent me down a rabbit hole and I'll (laughs) nerd out for a while. So, Uh, I knew I was opening that door. Well, good. (laughs) um, Is there, I'm sorry, is there anything else you want to talk about on this particular episode, uh, no, no, I think we I think we did a good job covering it. I'm curious to know what our listeners think. So hit us up on our social media. You can tweet at us, you can Insta us, you can Facebook us, Crinandrum Podcast. That's who we are. Connect with us so we can connect with you. So let us know what your thoughts are on this and, episode and which and which Star Trek is your favorite and why. Really want to know. And please also uh, on uh, besides the Crinandrum Podcast on Twitter, please. Uh, get a hold of me through my personal Twitter account, which is Gary underscore Thorn at, at, you know, on, on Twitter. I, I would love to hear from you guys. I have no, I have no problem discussing which episode, which series is the best. I will say that really the only one I'd have an issue with is if you said enterprise was the best, because that's, it's terrible. It's that's still terrible. Sorry, series. Scott Bakula. It's terrible. The writers didn't yeah. do any justice for you. The producers didn't do any justice for you. No. This is terrible. So other than that, I'm willing to hear debates on why most of the, you could say most of the shows are good. So, <laughs> anyway. All right. I'm going to stop talking now. I love you guys. That is our show. Thank you so much for joining us. And until next week, be well. And be queer, you wonderful fuckers. <laughs> Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Queernundrum Podcast. And email us at Queernundrum at Queernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer. <laughs>